Schmooneris? I got a latte here for Schmooneris? Uh, actually, it's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I am your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Well-oiled machine. (laughs) How are you, my dove? I'm doing okay. Feeling good. Had some pizza. Yeah. Had some pizza. I had some pizza, too. We had pizza for dinner. What a coinky dink. Um, And your sister, special shout out to Elizabeth, watching BB so we can record this. Um, Very excited. I love... This topic is near and dear to my heart. Some of the, do I say that a lot? Have I said that before in episodes? You have indeed said that before. I see. I don't know what constitutes a lot. You don't say it every episode. That would be a lot. Well, I do feel like every episode I say I'm excited about it. But because it's exciting. It's exciting to learn. It's great to learn because knowledge, knowledge is power. power. Um, so this week we're talking about coffee shops, and I actually worked in a coffee shop for a while. You um, did. You know, I feel almost like your coffee shop experience was. Are you about to? Are you about to take it away from me? No, I'm about to say that although the coffee shop you worked at was a coffee shop, it was also kind of a cafe. There are lots of places that kind of straddle that line. This is true. We had like a full menu and we also had a full bar. Um, but yeah. we also had coffee, a full and like full complement of drinks. Speaking of, I thought it would be fun to start off by breaking down some of the most common uh, like coffee house drinks. Ooh, this is going to be fun for you because I don't really drink coffee, so I don't know what any of these are. Um, so one of the- that may be fun for me. I'm not sure. Well, you're going to learn. I'm going to learn. Then, and then you can know everything, and I'll learn from you. Okay. And it will be an exchange of ideas. All right. Um, so maybe one of the most common, uh, well, all these are pretty common, but the cappuccino. Cappuccino. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cappuccino is equal parts uh, espresso, uh, steamed milk and foamed milk. Mm-hmm. So, and it requires a special machine. Yes. Um. I mean, yeah. You need the the wand, something to steam to like foam the milk. Okay. Um. And but and if you look at it from the side in a clear glass, you can actually see, uh, if you do it right, the three parts. Okay. Um. And this is the drink you think of when you see like um the foam with a design in the top. Ah. For cappuccino. Um, all of these, pretty much all of these, unless you get a double shot uh, or the dopio, um, are like a shot of espresso. Um, so mocha is espresso, chocolate, and steamed milk. That sounds delicious. Um, yeah. So basically, kind of like a hot chocolate with espresso in it. A latte uh, is a lot of milk is a good way to remember mm. that. So it's a shot of espresso, um, which is 60 mils. And then 300 mils of steamed milk with just a little bit of foamed milk. Now, I do know that latte is an American invention, although it's an Italian word. If you go to Italy and you order a latte, they're going to give you a cup of milk. Yep. Um, that Yes. It's called a latte because the milk, not, but that's how I remember it. It's a lot of milk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
let's see, there's an Americano. An Americano is like if you like espresso, but you want to drink it more like a drink. So basically, it's like watered down espresso. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, macchiato. Macchiato is a shot of espresso um, with just a little bit of foamed milk added to it. So, it's so is, that, is that served in one of those tiny cups? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and then, like I said, a dopio is like a double shot. It's like uh, two. Uh, you get two shots of espresso, basically. Um, espresso is just that. Just a pulled shot of espresso. Um, now, here's the thing. Another interesting fact, uh, because this is often debated. People will debate what has more caffeine, a uh, shot of espresso or a cup of coffee. Uh-huh. The average, like, you know, coffee house cup of coffee, right, has more caffeine in it than espresso but espresso is much more condensed you know it's a shot Mm -hmm. so it it's more caffeine per part whereas if you like so if you take a shot of espresso right it's more concentrated caffeine Uh yeah that makes sense um because so, it doesn't have all the as much water with it yeah so i i've always understood it to be that if you want like a poof in the face of caffeine, shot of espresso is going to get it, get more in you faster. Mm-hmm. Whereas a cup of coffee is going to give you more of like uh, more caffeine over time. Which is why when you were working long hours, you got a red eye, which is a cup of coffee with a shot of espresso in it. Yeah. Or dirty chai, which is chai tea with a shot of espresso in it. Those are my two favorite drinks because <laughs> I like caffeine a lot. Um, right. So those, that's just... Some some coffee house knowledge for you. Um, and so that's the thing is like a lot of those drinks and then people add stuff to it. You know, flavorings. Yeah. Syrups. Syrups, milks. Chocolate. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Ice. Do you, know, do you know how I like my coffee? With lots and lots of chocolate in it. Lots of. Ho- so basically, I make a hot chocolate and then I put like a quarter cup of coffee in it. Which is kind of basically a mocha. Basically a mocha. Yeah. Except you do it with coffee instead of espresso. Right. Yes. Yeah. I like my coffee with a lot of coffee in it. I take my coffee black. Um, Well, I like the taste of coffee. Okay. I say bleh. Okay. Uh, Enough about coffee. Um, So, Teresa. Yes. Tell me a little bit about history. Uh, that's for another time. Let's talk about coffee some more. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so coffee, the product, has actually been cultivated for a very long time. It probably 20, 30 years no, at least. No, probably originates in Africa around the ninth century. Um, but the coffee houses that we really think of are the European variety, which really didn't happen till the seventeenth century. Um, although in there. There were coffee houses, but not the way that we think of them. Um, the coffee houses where that really started was in the Mediterranean routes, mm-hmm. right? Leading up to the Muslim area of the world. Um, so they would have coffee and they would also, oftentimes it was accompanied by um, smoking of tobacco. So I it, was going to guess opium. Well, I'm Who also, knows? I guess, opium. But Maybe. It was, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a, a hangout spot at that point. But it wasn't really the coffee house 
Like I said, not the coffee house that we're thinking of. I don't want to say opium den, but it was kind of an opium den with okay. coffee. Okay. Okay. Um, so once Queen Elizabeth I um, opened up to diplomatic relations with Morocco and uh, more of the Ottoman Empire, right? Um, they started making trading agreements and uh, they started trading chocolate, coffee, and tea. The big three. The big three. Um, and at this point, in 1652, there was a servant of a merchant trader, an immigrant, um, who was Turkish, uh, that area... And they opened the first coffee house in London, which became known as the Turk's Head. So the first people who were really into the coffee houses were the kind of the middle class, um, because at this point, anyone could enter into a, a tavern because they were required by law to have food and lodging. Mm-hmm. Whereas the coffee houses weren't really required to have any of that stuff. You could just have basically a room with chairs and tables and serve coffee. Okay. So they were at first very picky about who they let in. So by 1663, there were more than 83 coffee houses in London. And London wasn't kind of like the sprawling metropolis that we think of today. So that's like per capita, that's a lot of coffee houses, don't you think? Yes. Yes, I do, Teresa. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Uh, Although at the beginning of the 18th century, there may have been between five or 600 coffee houses. So 1663 to the 18th century, we went from 83 to five or 600. Now, granted, London actually also grew in population and Mm -hmm. scope and and all that stuff. So... uh, I think that 83 is a little more impressive in 1663 than 18th century and you know, all that kind of stuff. I have another bit of caffeine facts. Oh, yeah? What's yes, it? Before we... let's, let's sprinkle them in. Cool. Intersperse them. Um, so let's talk about tea for a second. Okay. Okay. So the order of caffeinated tea goes like this. The most caffeinated black tea, right, which includes like uh, chai... Uh, Earl Grey, Irish breakfast, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oolong tea is the next most caffeinated. Um, and then green tea is the next. And then white tea. And then, interestingly, decaf tea. Because, here's the thing, if you, it, 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 both decaf tea and decaf coffee still contain very low amounts of caffeine. Oh, so you have to be careful if you have anything uh, like an allergy to caffeine or anything that interacts. Uh, you have to be careful. You can't just drink tons and tons and tons of decaf coffee, and it's not going to get to you because um, it builds up over time. Yeah, yeah, and then um, after decaf comes your herbal teas. Uh, herbal teas have no caffeine; um, they are just basically f- hot, hot flavored water. Yummy. Uh huh. A Prussian nobleman named Baron Charles Louis von Polnitz. Wow, that's a lot of name. It is a lot of name. He visited London in 1728 
And he said that the English coffee houses were one of the most pleasurable aspects of London. Um, he described it as a sort of rule with the English to go once a day at least to coffee houses where they talk of business and news, read the papers, and often look at one another. I thought that was funny. Yes. You didn't you didn't giggle or anything. Okay. Ha ah! <laughs> uh some very famous businesses started as coffee houses. Um, so Lloyd's of London, which is an insurance brokerage company, began as Edward Lloyd's Coffee House on Tower Street in 1688. Interesting. Yeah, because these were real centers of discussion. Um, they were often also called Penny Universities. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I like that. Uh, because it was usually a penny to gain admittance to the coffee house. And then people just came in and they would just talk and talk and do business and deals and learn and discuss and people watch, just like he said. Cool. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, some people at this point, men, spent so much time in coffee houses that they're even... Um, Records of people having their mail delivered to the coffee house instead of their home. Get out of the town. <laughs> Get right out. That that really hits home with me because I know there are a lot of um, people who maybe work at home a lot of the time or entrepreneurs or students who do a lot of their work in coffee houses. And that's... Do you think that anybody... That we know has had their mail delivered to a coffee no. house? No. No. Okay. Um, and I say men because women were not allowed. Uh, and in fact, there was kind of a jokey petition going around in 1674. Um, like I said, it was kind of a mock petition. But it talks about how um, it says, Women's Petition Against Coffee representing to the public consideration the grand inconveniences accruing from their sex that the effective life of drying, enfeebling liquor presented to the right honorable and keepers of the University of Venus. Wait, what? Oh, basically it says that uh, even though coffee isn't intoxicating, it's become just as much of a problem as drink. Huh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, cut people out of the house, you know? I guess so. They're getting their mail all over the place. Everything's going crazy. Everything, Everything's up in the air now. Who even knows? Society's crumbling because of this this dark a coffee drink. Uh, speaking of, do you want to hear another interesting caffeine thing? I certainly do. Uh, there's a pretty common discussion going around, um, and a lot of people will still swear by this, that lighter roast coffee has more caffeine in it than darker roast coffee. The explanation that they will give is that in the roasting process, to roast it darker, it stays in longer and it burns away. This is not actually true, at least not in my research. I can't find anybody that has been able to um, notice any kind of like noticeable variant in coffee, in uh, in the roast, in the caffeine, it might be because as it roasts, it does change the density. So it does change the amount that you put in, that kind of thing, but not to any huge degree. So it's it's negligible at best that there's any kind of caffeine difference. 
um, noticeable caffeine difference between uh, dark roast and light roast. So just drink whichever one you like. Don't worry about it. I think it. Um, I don't know. I I prefer a medium roast coffee myself. So just shoot for the middle, I guess. I don't know what kind of coffee I like because I basically like coffee flavored things. Yeah, you like the smell of coffee. I like the smell of coffee. I also like, you know, coffee flavored sugar. So like coffee ice cream. Sure. 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 I'm not really into the beans though. Um well, are we about ready to start talking about questions cuz there's one big one that I think we can knock out right here in the beginning. Well, I did want to cross the pond briefly because we had only been talking about London. I want to talk about America. Do it. Bring us home. Uh, Coffee houses were also opened in America in the late 17th century. By Um, John Starbucks. No. You may have heard of the City Tavern in Philadelphia, also known as the Merchant's Coffee House, which was the meeting place of some of the finest gentlemen of the time, like Washington, Jefferson, Franklin, Lafayette, and John Adams. That all seems familiar. <laughs> all right. Um, you talked a little bit about espresso. Yes. Which up until this point was really something that was quite dangerous to make um, until... The machine. The machine. Luigi Bezerra. That's probably... It probably has a little bit of a Italian... But it's best that you don't try that. I think you're fine where you are, so you don't sound like Mario. All right. He filed a patent for the machine that finally helped make it possible to use steam and water through a, quote, group that held the coffee grounds in a filter. That is the thing. That is uh, the difference between coffee and espresso, at least in the making of it. There's lots of differences in the... But in the making of it um, is that you can... Coffee is pretty hard to get the basics wrong on but pulling a shot of espresso is a skill um to get the right amount in there get the right pressure um especially when you're talking about like making a cappuccino or a latte or something like that i do think it is an incredibly skilled um thing that you i don't know you can do at home you can get espresso makers at home but it's not necessarily a novice uh, a, a novice activity. Cappuccinos are really hard. Getting them right, uh, it's a skill. So this machine continued to be refined until 1946 uh, when they invented the piston lever espresso machine. So those are the, quote, pull the lever. So if you ever hear anyone say pull a shot, that is why. Um, so then after 1946, we start to have... Uh, Starbucks, which... Well, I assume there was a big boom. Was coffee yeah. rationed for um, World War II? I, I'm not certain. I didn't, I I didn't wouldn't really be surprised. take a look at that. It seems like everything good was rationed. But uh, it was interesting to find that both Starbucks and Pete's Coffee and Tea, um, who both originated on the West Coast, mm-hmm. so Pete's Coffee in Berkeley, um, and then... Starbucks at Pike Seattle's Pike Place Market. Uh, both of them originated more as bean purveyors, and uh, they didn't really start offering coffee until much later. 
coffee was rationed uh, during World War II so that they could have coffee for soldiers. All right. Thanks, Google. Well, I just thought that was the case because then it makes sense why starting in 1946, mm-hmm. you see like, hey, now coffee, right. have all you want. Um, so in 1987 was when they, uh, when Starbucks was purchased by a new owner and they, excuse me, they started actually serving coffee drinks. Interesting. So here was basically the number one question we got. How long is it okay to hang out in a coffee shop? It is okay to hang out as long as you are paying, right? So a lot of the uh, the places I found stated that you pretty much need to buy something once an hour if you're going to hang out. You can't just nurse your, your cup of drip coffee for three to five hours. Here's the very, very important thing, right? Number one, all right? Identifying whether it is a cafe or a coffee shop is very important because you okay. touched on this, right? Right. So, like, if you are at a, a place that has, like, coffee drinks and, like, maybe some pastries or, like... Muffins. Yeah, some, like, individually wrapped, you know, you can buy... a you know, brownie for a dollar, right? That's you're in a coffee house. This is fine. If you're at a place that has like table service and like waiters and like servers and food. Like a lunch menu or something. This is not a coffee house. This is a different scenario, right? And so if it's like a bunch of like couches and chairs and um, you know, lounge areas and coffee tables and stuff. Yeah, you're in a coffee shop. One drink an hour, tip well, uh, be polite, uh, keep your shoes on, don't treat it like you're in your home. You know what right. I mean? Right, uh, and a lot of these places have started now to um, discourage really camping out. Um, I know that there are, I, in my research, I, I found several coffee houses that will change their Wi-Fi password every couple hours. And the only way you can get it is if you buy something, they'll print the password on your receipt. Um, so that really discourages setting up shop. Now, if you are in more of a cafe environment, I would say that, one, take up the smallest table you can comfortably sit at. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're planning to like work on your novel and it's just you, don't sit down at like an eight-top table. You know what I mean? Um, Do you order food? Once again, tip well. And especially if it starts to fill up, clear out. Yeah. Um, But I would say that as long as you're, you know, being polite and lots of just general rules. But I would say if it starts to get busy or you start to feel a little out of place, head out. But as far as the coffee shop goes... Replenish your drink, you know, and if you're done using the socket, stop using the socket. <laughs> um, I would recommend that you go to a coffee shop with a full charge on on your laptop just because um, you may not, there may not always be outlets available um, in the the area that you, you may have to sit in. 
there may not be outlets and you don't want to stretch cords across walkways because one, that's a good way to tip, trip people. And two, that's a good way to get your laptop pulled onto the floor and coffee spit all over it. Other thing, and this is, we didn't get questions about this, so I'll just go ahead and include it here. Two things that I know just uh, security-wise from working at a coffee shop. Don't leave your phone just sitting on the table as you're talking to friends because there's this, this is the move that people do. They will sit a bag down on top of where your phone is and start asking you questions like, hey, do you know where the bus stop is? What time does it come? How do I get downtown from here? And then they'll pick up their bag and your phone at the same time and walk right out the door with it. Did that actually happen? Yeah, I caught somebody doing it and I stopped him and I... Wow. save the woman's phone from that happening but that's a thing that people do and the same with if you are going to take your laptop and you're going to be working if you don't want to constantly have it with you get a laptop lock that you can like wrap around a table leg or something because what you don't want to do is get up to go wait in line to get another drink and you come back and your laptop's gone mm. so if you're going there to work and you're taking your laptop with you and you're going to be there for like lock yeah. up your laptop um, I did read that there are, there's a little bit of leeway for asking someone that you, an, an acquaintance, to watch your things, but you really shouldn't have anybody watch your things longer than 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just in general, know that like, especially as you get more comfortable there, that's when people will try to steal your stuff. Mm. Um, so... Let's take that's a so pessimistic. Listen, I'm just saying, but that's that's why because you start to feel very comfortable at your local coffee shop. You start to feel very at home. Like, oh, I know all the oh, I know all the the servers, and I know the people right. here. And ah, oh, there's right. Jim again. Hi, Jim. And so people know that people, um, you know, will get caught up in conversations with people and not pay attention, and they'll steal their stuff. Um, so just yeah. a heads up. Um, so let's take a quick break here. To say thank you to some sponsors and uh, do some uh, promos for other Max Fun shows. And then we'll be back with some of your questions. Hey, Teresa. Do you like socks? Sure. I love socks. Okay. Cool. All right. Anyways. <laughs> where we're, oh, no. So I wanted to tell you this week uh, about our sponsor. Oh, that's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, that's what this. You know what I really like about socks? I like when socks don't fall down. Okay. I like when they have added arch support uh -huh. and no toe seams. Those are annoying. Well, then I think you'll like Bombas. There, we did it. Yeah, we got there. So let me tell you about Bombas. First of all, Bombas, super fun company. They do things like challenge each other with uh, tattoos and stuff, which is fine. I'm always on board with this. They're basically the owners had a bet that if they sold a million pairs, one of them will get a tattoo. Well, they did that in just over two years. So like they got ink. <laughs> I don't know, but that makes socks better, I guess. Um, and here's the thing. Let me tell you why I'm also a big fan of Bombas. Bombas also knows that socks are one of the most highly requested items of clothing in homeless shelters. And so what Bombas does is when anytime they sell a pair, they also donate a pair to those in need. That's really nice. Yeah. So it's a really cool kind of mission, uh, mission statement. And they also just like obsessively engineer just the heck out of those socks to give you the most comfortable socks on the market. Like I said, arch support, um, the socks don't fall down and no toe seam. That's amazing. Yeah. You, you don't really think about like technological advances in socks, but Bombas does and they've done done it. 
They've done done it with the technological. These are like cyber socks. These are the socks of the modern age. So if you would like to try these socks, you can visit bombus.com slash schmanners and you'll get an additional 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash schmanners. S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. Bombus.com slash schmanners. Well, hoopity-dop-dop, scoopity-dee-dop, skibbity-dabbity-doobity-hoopity-hoop. Stop podcasting yourself. We don't even know anymore. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download your podcasts. Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Larissa Inbator, LeVar Burton, Patrick Stewart look like movie stars. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is like, you should just be on TV. <laughs> sort of like uh, when podcasters do this live. Yeah. Ben, the greatest generation is going back out on tour. We're taking a, a new show out on tour about Star Trek First Contact, and whether or not you're a Star Trek fan, I think you're going to love this live show. You come to our live show, you get Star Trek jokes. You get fart jokes. The whole gamut. So come on out. It's bit.ly slash ggtour2017. That's bit.ly slash ggtour2017. Okay, so we got some questions. All right. Um, we got a hundred questions. Hit me with your best shot. Ah, we got a hundred questions and 95 of them were how long can I hang out at the coffee shop? Oh, well, I, I understand because you want, you want to be able to get out of your house for a second, you know, maybe get some fancy drinks that you couldn't make by yourself at home. And, you know, sometimes you just need that that breath of fresh air to get some inspiration yeah. for your writing. Um, so coffee houses are a great place to do this. But I, I would encourage people that don't just go to a coffee house to work. They're really great places to meet your neighbors, uh, to have fun discussions with friends, um, because it's a little it's a little less uh, of a to do than like going out to dinner or something and just meet for coffee um, and people watching even look up from your phone or computer for a little bit. It's great. Uh, so this question is from Mr. Batman Jr. on Twitter. This is great. This is great. It's <laughs> wonderful. Love that uh, handle. How do I make it clear that I please, Mr. Batman is my father. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do I make it clear that I don't want to talk about the book I'm reading with strangers sitting at the coffee bar? Um, I think that you may have to do a little bit of a, of a visual signal. Maybe wear your earphones, your headphones. Um, and a good way to make sure that, that people don't bother you is to, you know, find a spot away from people. Go to the corner. Um, find a single armchair somewhere. If you sit in a crowded area, people are going to try and talk to you. Yeah, I, I think it's tough because, as you said, it it's not an it's it's it can be a very social uh, area at the mm-hmm. coffee shop, and I think people don't always think about that. Yeah, you know, but I think that there are people who go to meet the people in the neighborhood and to get out of their house, as you said, especially if you right. work from home and you want to experience new people. 
Um, but I, I think, I think if somebody asks you like, oh, what are you reading? I think you say like, oh, it's Dune. I'm really excited. I'm really into it. Or don't even give them that much. I think you can answer. I don't think you have to be rude. I think you'd say like, oh, it's I, Harry Potter or whatever. And if they try to engage you, I think it's perfectly fine to say, I'm so sorry. I just really want to finish this chapter and then go on about your day. Another thing that you might consider is uh, if you are a frequenter of this coffee shop, maybe uh, talk to the baristas and figure out when their off times are. Because if you go at peak times, there's going to be more people who want to interact. If you go off time, then you might have the whole place to yourself. Uh, This next question is from Laura. Uh, is it okay for me to not order anything if I'm with a group of people working on things? They're ordering drinks and stuff. Um, I think as long as there's a- enough coverage um, for the table because you are taking up space. Um, if just there's like two people having coffee drinks um, and then there's like eight other people at the table, that doesn't cover it. Um, so you do need to make sure that there the money is being spent. And I would recommend that even if you don't buy anything, maybe you don't drink coffee or tea, and that's fine. You should still tip the baristas. Yeah, or maybe just like buy a bottle of water or like cupcake something so you're still a paying cu- customer. And also do keep in mind, the more people in your group, the more space you take up. Exactly. Um, and so I, I do think that that, should change the amount of time that you feel comfortable staying and working in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Because if you're taking up one third of the floor space, you know what I mean? Like that can think of it this way. If somebody walked into the coffee shop, would your group make the coffee shop seem overcrowded and make that person want to turn around and leave? You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. But I do think if you're taking up room there, even if it's just a dollar that you spent buying a candy bar or something, being a paying customer is always appreciated. Um, this question is from Rue Stir. You one. are just loving those Twitter <laughs> yeah, handles really today. Great. If you go to a coffee house to get some work done, but there's no seats, do you chill standing, holding your stuff for a while, or just leave? Um, I... I... I don't know what you would accomplish by hanging out longer than not being able to sit. I think that I think that maybe you're waiting for a seat to open up. Like, I mean, but how long one are you willing to wait? Two, um, if you brought stuff to the coffee house, like, are you in the way? Um, I think that you're you're welcome to scope it out and see if people are leaving but i wouldn't hang longer than 10 minutes i would i would also say if you're going to work and the coffee shop's that crowded you probably are not going to get much work done yeah it's probably not going to be that conducive to work so maybe vary the time that you are planning to go to work there again um, you can talk to the baristas they know when people when the rushes are so if you can talk to them and, and figure out when an off time might be that's probably the best time you're going to get for your work uh this question is from trish if i'm the only one in the coffee house am i allowed to ask for the music to be changed again this depends on how well you know the baristas the people working um, because I think that if you know them well and you tip well and you're a regular, they might be able to accommodate you. 
Um, but a lot of these places just have a set like track that they play. There's like five or six CDs they do where they do they make a Spotify list or something and they may not be able to change the music. But if you know them, I think that that's that's an OK thing to ask. Um, so you disagree? Oh, well, only only in this. I think that the two most common situations you're going to find is either, as you said, that this, that if it's, especially if it's a little bit more corporate, that it has kind of a set playlist mm-hmm. or like the coffee shop I worked at, whoever was working could like put on their phone or play whatever music they wanted. So you run the risk of like, I, I, here's what I would suggest. Agreed. If you know, if you are a regular, I wouldn't walk into place someplace I've never been before and demand that they change the music. But if I've been no there, no one said times, demand. Yes, they ask. said ask. I would say, oh, who's this? Like, what what band is this? What artist is this? And if they're like, oh, this is my favorite person, right? Let it go. But here's the thing. And I don't. This is going to sound flippant, and I don't mean it to. Just bring headphones. Like, listen to your own music. That's always a good idea. Um, because I think at a certain point. And, and I know that you clarified that you're the only one there. So I'm not at all trying to uh, judge you or give you a judgy answer. But I think that it's a slippery slope to treating it like it's your own house. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and ask them to change the music. You know what I mean? And so like. Uh, what I will say is there are a lot of different coffee shops out there and they all have their own vibe, right? So maybe some of them are like a jazzy vibe and some of them are like a poppy vibe and, and things like that. You should find a coffee house that really fits you. Um, and I'm not just thinking about music. I'm thinking about seating space, um, about, you know, some people like a crowded coffee shop where they can talk and people watch. Some people want to be all by themselves. You should do a little bit... If this is something that you're going to do a lot, you should find one that really fits. And here's here's a, a different. This is where my my answer varies. Music, I stand by what I said. TV, I think it's perfectly fine to ask them to change the channel or put on something else, especially if it's like I don't know what coffee houses play sporting events, but if it's a sporting event you don't care about that's very loud, or it's like you know Jerry Springer, and it's very loud. And Is you would Jerry like to, Springer still on TV? I don't know, honestly. But something like that, I think it's perfectly fine to ask them to change the channel because that's not like something they brought from home. Right? I, yeah, I think for whatever reason. I don't think it's okay to ask the change of music. I think it's totally fine to ask <laughs> to change the channel. I don't know if I've ever been in a coffee shop that had a TV, though. It's fair. Um, let's see. This question is from Steve. Spilled drinks. Should you ask for staff to clean it up or just ask for a cloth and do it yourself? I think that it's always a good idea to ask for a cloth and say, I, I spilled my drink. Can I have a cloth? And what normally a barista or the server will say is, oh, let me get that for you. But you have made the first step. First, you've, you've alerted them that you have spilled and you are attempting to clean it up. That's enough usually. And let me tell you specifically where you should not try to help. If there's broken glass involved, don't try to help at all because then it becomes a safety concern um, where if a customer were to cut themselves on a broken glass and then there's blood or there's an injury or anything along those lines. That makes sense. You, 
if there's broken glass, you let them handle it because they probably have um, whatever procedures put in place to clean that up. Um, but do alert somebody right away. Absolutely. Um, this question is from uh, at Elastic Poodle. It's a great answer. How many additions to a drink is too many? And does my barista hate me? Um. So here's one of the things that I that I came across on my research. A lot of coffee houses don't have the set kind of drink menu that say like a corporate coffee house might like a Starbucks, for example. They have those like frozen sweet. What are those called? Is it frappes? Yeah, frappuccino. Yes. That's what they have. And a lot of places don't do those kind of things. But if you talk to your barista and say, I'm in the mood for something really sweet and like caramely and iced, they can make you something. They're they're usually quite adept at this stuff. Um, so explain to them. I have found them, that especially the, the, um, the less corporate a place is, the way more into it the baristas are like... Oftentimes, much like um, mixologist bartenders, baristas get really into barista-ing. Well, it's a career nowadays. Yeah, it's it not is. just a side job anymore. Um, there are people who take this very seriously. So maybe if you feel like you are encroaching on on your barista's uh, business, I guess, <laughs> up in their business... You c- should ask them to make something for you that that they would never make. Okay, here here is okay some top tips. Top tip one, especially if there's a line, don't step up to the counter until you know what you want. I think that that is a good rule of thumb for anything that has counter service. Very true. Um, so, like, if you're not ready to order, do not step up to order. That's just a good rule of thumb. Two, the more complicated the drink is, the better you should tip. So, for example, if you order a cup of black coffee, a dollar tip is fine. Because normally, unless you, if you go to some place where they're doing like a pour over coffee or they're like doing something special to make each individual cup, maybe tip a little bit more. But if they're just like, you know, pulling a lever, filling a cup and handing it to you, I think a dollar is fine on that. But as you add shots of stuff and they're grabbing a bunch of different bottles and you want it blended and could they use this kind of milk and but half of it that kind of milk and half of it this kind of milk, as it starts to get more complicated, I think you should just add on like, you know, a, you know, another dollar or two um, as the drink becomes more complicated. And I think especially if the place is real busy, if they're real slammed. That is not the time to ask for like surprise me or absolutely or could you make me a drink with these twenty six different specifications? You know what I mean. Much like I think if you go to a bar, you know, uh, happy hour super slammed is not the time to ask them to like make you a fresh mojito. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like or a mint julep where they got to muddle the stuff. Like you no, know, that's the time to ask for a beer and get away. Um, I think it's the same if it's super slammed. That's the time to ask and and know what you want and ask for it clearly. To piggyback on that, which is not exactly the the question, but remember that the more 
complicated and the more drinks in your order, the longer it's going to take for the barista to make it for you. Um, And oftentimes there are several people working behind the counter. So one barista will be in charge of your order, making your three or four maybe complicated drinks. And so the people behind you who have simpler drinks may get their drinks before you. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, And also know that a lot of places, you know, it's not 100% the same everywhere. So especially if you go somewhere and they have a specialty drink, You might not be able to walk up to the counter at a coffee shop two states away and order that specialty drink by name and they know what it is. Right. So just keep that in mind that they might not know what you're talking about. Um, And if you tip really well, your barista does not hate you. Yeah. That's that's an excellent point. Uh, Matthew asks, what should I have said to the guy loudly FaceTiming next to me this morning rather than stewing and saying nothing? Um... Well, first of all, I don't I don't know if uh, if my patron saint, Emily Post, would have agreed to say something um, because normally Miss Manners would Miss Manners might. I'm not as familiar with Judith Martin, although I am becoming more familiar. Um, Emily Post says to lead by example. Um, and this person who was FaceTiming. Uh, was probably loud, right? Was probably taking up a lot of the Wi-Fi. Uh, If they were on Wi-Fi, they may have been using their data. Who knows? Um, And I I hazard to say that it probably wasn't super comfortable for the person on the other side of the phone because they probably couldn't hear very well um, from the the coffee shop din or whatever. so it's not an awesome place to FaceTime. You're right. It isn't. Uh, what I would suggest is if you find yourself in this situation is to move seats, is to go somewhere else um, because this person is is alienating the people around them and probably the person on the phone uh, and they don't... they. There's not a lot that you're going to say that's going to de-escalate a situation like that. So you should probably just move. Okay. Let me counterpoint. Okay. Counterpoint. Here's two. One uh, somewhat direct and one very direct. Oh, boy. And here's the thing. Let me be clear here. I would not be direct. I would just move. <laughs> but I think in this circumstance, if it's like a real quick like, oh, hey, grandma, happy birthday. Okay. I got to go. Bye. Right, but if they're settling down to have a long hour-long gab session with a college friend they haven't seen in forever, I think it would be okay to say, "Excuse me, would you mind keeping it down? You are disturbing everyone around you." This I know. I don't know if I could do it, honey. I listen. I oh okay. How about we just chop it off at? I'm sorry. Would you mind keeping it down? Okay. Right. I might. I might be able to do that if. I really felt the need to say something. I think the move. other option is if it is a prolonged, like, especially if, if the conversation is in any way troubling or graphic or like expletive, expletive, expletive. Super personal, maybe. Yeah, I think it's fine to go up to someone working there and be like, hey, could you ask them to keep it down? You know what I mean? Like if the, the perceived authority of having someone worked there come over and say like, hey, we need you to keep it down. I think maybe that's an answer. Um, but, and this, let's do reverse advice for everybody else. 
if you are going to listen in one don't do speakerphone conversations or FaceTiming in public. Abs- just, absolutely. No, bad. That's not great. If you're going to listen to music or watch a movie or TV show or you're doing video editing or you're editing your podcast. Which I wouldn't really recommend you do at a coffee shop because uh, the Wi-Fi is probably not good for that. Um, but if you need to do those things, or you're going to do those things, bring headphones. Mm-hmm. If you don't have headphones, don't do it. And if you need to take a call, take it outside. Yeah, and take your stuff with you so someone doesn't steal it. Yep. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, and one last thing I will say. Frequent your local coffee shops, your locally owned, um, you know, those community hangout spots. Frequent those. Yeah, They're you great. might you might just find your new favorite place. Yeah, or your new favorite drink or your new favorite person. Highly recommend. Um so let's see. Go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Speaking of finding a new favorite, go there. You're going to find something you love. I just realized for like the last 20 minutes, Teresa and I have just been sitting here making really intense eye contact with each other over the microphones. I don't know why. We don't normally look right at each other when we record, <laughs> but we've been doing it since BB is with Elizabeth. We've just been like, uh-huh, go on. Because normally I have like one eye out. Yeah, we're usually checking on the babe. Uh, what babe? Babe with the power. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. You can join the Facebook group. Um, Please email your suggestions to uh, SchmannersCast at gmail.com. Correct. We need a topic. What's our topic for next? We're going to be, oh, no, we didn't think about it. I'll edit it in here. Libraries. We're going to talk about libraries. So I think that's going to do it. So if you have questions about the topic that I just definitely remembered to <laughs> edit in, you can uh, tweet them at us um, at SchmannersCast. Uh, you can email them to us, whatever you want to do. Um, and you can still, uh, we're not um, in charge of the, or we're still working on uh, transitioning away from being in charge of the Facebook group, but you can still go discuss the episode there and go talk with everybody and still join the Facebook group if you'd like. Um, I want to say my thank yous. As always, thank you to Brent Brentofloss Black for our theme music, and that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful thumbnail and banner art. Um, and thank you to Keely Weiss Photography. I'm going to change our uh, cover photo to one of those lovely pictures she took. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.